and Jackie O sign historic 10-year deal. Is this the beginning of the end for SCA? Also on this episode, we look at the fallout from Optus CEO Kelly Bayer-Rosemarin's resignation this week and how the telco can bounce back. Welcome to the Mumbrella Cast, a discussion of everything under Australia's media and marketing umbrella. I'm the editor of Mumbrella, Neil Griffiths, and I'm joined this week, as always, by Mumbrella publisher Adam Lang. Adam, thank you for coming on. My pleasure, Neil. Now, I'm sorry to break the trend. We've been doing this in person for the last few weeks, and I've copped some bug that's going around Sydney right now. So I thought it best that I quarantine myself and stay as far away from you as possible. Unselfish to the end, Neil. I used to wonder why we recorded podcasts on a Wednesday. Uh-huh. And now I understand why, because I feel like for like four successive weeks, we've had a giant breaking story happen <laughs> on a Wednesday morning. It's like Big Wednesday, like the old yeah. surf movie. We covered the ARN takeover bid. That was a Wednesday morning. The Optus outage was a Wednesday morning. Now today, I'm sure everyone has already heard or seen, Kyle and Jackie O have signed a 10-year deal with ARN. They're going to be at the KISS network until the end of 2034. The contracts are increasing by two to three million. This kind of ends months of speculation that the pair will possibly go back to SEA, where, of course, they left in 2013. But possibly the bigger detail here is that for the first time, the Kyle and Jackie O show will be expanding to Melbourne from 2024. Now, this has been announced during ARN's takeover bid for SEA, which we know already would plan to have 10 stations across the metro cities with the KISS and Triple M brand. So a lot to unpack here, but Adam, straight off the bat, your thoughts on this news. I think this is the biggest media deal ever, right? It's wow. the biggest one I can think of. And rarely do you get a 10-year deal. Rarely do you get it this high profile and this much speculation. So I think it's great that the conclusion has been reached and that a 10-year deal has been done. And Kyle and Jackie are clearly delighted about it. We must also reference Christian O'Connell, who I think for ARN was a risk you know, bringing out an English star to Australian radio to see if he could do it out here, and he's proven he can. I, you know, I think he's one of the great examples of hard work and talent works. And so they've signed him for another find-of-year deal as well. It puts ARN in a strong position. So I think the two deals are significant. The Kyle and Jackie one ranks as, I think, the biggest media deal ever you know, in terms of personalities, a 10-year deal of those two very high-profile people, Kyle and Jackie O. But congratulations to all of them, really, ARN, Kyle and Jackie O, as well as Christian O'Connell. It's a strong announcement. Now, early today, I had a chat with ARN head Kieran Davies. We'll cut to that in just a little bit. But you mentioned there, Adam, Christian O'Connell, of course. So he's extended for five years. Kyle and Jackie O have extended for 10 years. I think all three of those hosts have gotten $7 million in shares, which equates to about $7.5 million. Going back to what I mentioned earlier about this takeover bid that's currently floating in the air right now, what does this contract extension, both for Kyle and Jackie and for Christian O'Connell, what does that tell you about this bid and where it's at? So I think it does reinforce ARN's position and everything that I'm about to say is my opinion and speculation because we have ARN making a, an ASX stock announcement as they're required to do today and which that contains all of the details. And so This really is conjecture on my part about what does this mean. But what I think it does is makes ARN's bid for SCA stronger. We know that a weekend ago, uh, Seven West Media bought in to nearly 20% of ARN and endorsed the ARN bid for SCA. So they've had that 
about 10 days ago. They've now been able to announce the signature of three very high-profile talent to their market-leading breakfast shows in Sydney and Melbourne. They are long-term deals. So I think it, it really does serve ARN well. I would then say, what does that do with SCA? And I think that's really interesting because SCA have been comparatively quiet. And so we haven't seen these sort of significant announcements from SCA and probably you wouldn't expect to. But, you know, I think when you split out where Kyle and Jackie O are going, the KISS network, they're going into Sydney and Melbourne, the two biggest markets in the country. And then you would observe that Christian O'Connell's part of the Pure Gold network for ARN. And you say, well, if ARN is going to let the Pure Gold Network go to be part of Anchorage Capital Partners, that's a strong position as a negotiating chip. And so they've got that in their favour now. And so I'd say Seven West Media probably pushed the odds of of a timing uh, that suggests before the end of the year for the deal to be done. These announcements from ARN today suggest that ARN's really concluded its major business, you know, ahead of that deal and is probably in a good position to push to conclude this deal quickly. And so I think there's a number of reasons to suggest good announcement from ARN makes their position in the SCA bid stronger and possibly, in addition to Seven West Media, assist the path towards this being done substantively subject to regulatory approvals by the end of the year. Going back to what you said there with SEA being pretty quiet in the last few weeks and months, you know, ARN, were they released a statement about Seven West Media acquiring 20% shares. They were really big on it. Obviously, they've got this announcement now. What does the silence from SEA tell you? If, if you're an SEA shareholder, if you're an SEA staff member, what are you looking at on the scoreboard here? The silence is interesting because you would expect that SEA doesn't have the sort of substantive announcements to make. You know, there's no counter bid. There's no new talent deals that are on the horizon. So there are two things that ARN had on on their side that SCA doesn't. So that silence in and of itself doesn't suggest much. But we don't hear anything from SCA about how the bid is progressing and nor, and and as as your interview with Kieran Davis reveals, nor do we hear very much about what the deal is doing. There's obviously very intense negotiations underway. And so what I would draw from that is neither ARN nor SCA want to disrupt those negotiations, that they're important to both of them. And rightfully, there's a lot to get through and they're concentrated on it. So I think that's what we can read into into the relative silence of SCA. We've covered this takeover bid really from the beginning pretty extensively and every update that's come. You know, initially it was thought that the December deadline that was in place for this deal to come over, nowhere near enough time might have been ambitious yeah yeah then seven west media come on board it looks a bit likely then this announcement happens from the outside looking in it's tough to envision a scenario where the deal isn't confirmed by december isn't it given that sea have been so quiet i think there's there's a lot of logic in what you suggest there neil but i just i would say that as we've learned perhaps every wednesday (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, in recent times with big announcements, who knows what might happen, right? So yeah. you know, stay tuned and we'll keep alive to the data here at Mumbrella. But it's 
it has been fascinating to see how this evolves. And indeed, the interview with Kieran Davis, there's a couple of points there about how their transition from radio to audio is going, how they feel about that, how they're trading with the market, how they see the market. So there's a lot just in that anyway, in terms of the normal cut and thrust of the industry, competing for audience, competing for advertisers and competing to win and grow. So that still remains the case. I would say someone like Nova Entertainment and maybe even SBS Radio are able to capitalise on on this and you would still say that there's still, every day, there's audiences to be won and, and campaigns to win too. So that is always going. These are just the abnormals that sit above that. Well, as I mentioned, I spoke to Kieran Davies early today. Listen to that chat right now. Obviously a very big day for you guys. Congratulations, first of all. Thank you. What does today's announcement mean for ARN? I think it means we've secured some of probably the world's best radio talent for longer-term contracts. That, you know, we are looking forward to um, extending the audience of Carter Jackie in Melbourne. And obviously keeping Melbourne with Christian is, is a very important piece of the strategy that we have. Monetizing that is an opportunity for us, particularly in Melbourne. And it probably just reinforces our strategy around investing in the best talent and making sure that they stay with our network in the long term, which is good for advertisers and it's good for listeners. On Kyle and Jackio specifically, we know there's kind of been rumours and speculation about these contracts for some time. When did they agree to the terms of this deal? Well, the contract was signed, the last contract was signed last night, this morning, so it was. But, you know, we, we don't view contract negotiations as an on-off exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we engage our talent day in, day out, to be honest, and we probably started serious discussions, I don't know, maybe six, seven months ago. And from your perspective, you know, the reports and rumours that Kyle and Jackie were, were being were looking to be poached by SCA, was that a real concern for you guys? Did you think that was a, a real offer on the table? Um, I mean, if I was working at any other network or any other country, I'd be probably trying to poach them as well. So, you know, that obviously happens all the time with all talent, and not just in radio, but across all mediums. But as I said to you, you know, our view around talent management is to, you know, work day in, day out closely to ensure that the environment they have is what they want. They're enjoying it. They're having fun. And we're providing sort of what we believe would be a good place to produce their best content. Right. And given the big news as well as the contract itself is that the Carl and Jackio show is expanding to Melbourne. What does this mean for KISS, not only in Melbourne, but as the national network? Thank you. If you look at the value of the Melbourne market, particularly over the last sort of five years commercially, it's now the most valuable commercial radio market in the country. We've had great success with breakfast shows on KISS over the years. But we think there's probably more we can do with Kyle and Jackie. And if that is the case, then there is commercial upside to be had from that. And that's why the construct of these contracts is particularly innovative and exciting, because not only is it a sort of a base salary and, and shares in the business, which sort of provides ownership for them, but there also is an opportunity for them to earn good revenue or good, good compensation packages on incremental revenue uplift. And, and that's a win-win for everybody. And on Christian O'Connell, um, obviously he's been a huge import from the UK. What does it mean for you and the network to have negotiated a five-year extension with Pure Gold? Well, Christian, obviously, you know, he loves Melbourne. He's settled in really well there. He loves the network. He loves what he does with us. His family are really settled. So we're really pleased about that. Obviously, the Melbourne market really likes it because he's had a great track record of producing top performances from a ratings perspective. So again, you know, providing a surety to, to somebody who is not born and bred in Melbourne, you know, has moved to the country in the last five years. It just gives himself and his family a surety and uh, security over the next five years. 
And similar to Carl and Jack, was this negotiations in the pipeline for a while? Were there other networks interested in bringing Christian on? Uh, yep, uh, it was. Uh, but my similar answer in terms of, you know, we, we talk day in, day out, if you like, in terms of what the future holds. So it's, I think, probably a serious contract negotiation. It'd be probably a similar length, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And and on yourself specifically, I think ARM was probably more of a, a radio business when you started there. How did each of these negotiations impact ARN's evolution from radio to audio? Well, I think first and foremost, we're, we're firm believers in, in the medium of radio and the power of radio to connect with audiences, uh, to engage with audiences. And in a world of fragmenting media, it's never more important to have a product that connects at such the extent that radio does. The power of the content that we do, the power of the talents that we have, the multi-platform delivery of content that we do across, you know, iHeartRadio, across podcasting, across terrestrial and DAB. You know, we're, we're investing in making sure our content that we work hard to deliver that engaged audience is available everywhere. So, you know, as I look to the future, I still think radio content will be as relevant as it is today. And many people have talked about the demise of radio over the last 50 years. Mm. It's still cracking on. It's still delivering between 7 and 8% of, of advertising revenue, if you, if you look at SMI figures. And the engaged audiences continue to grow. So we invest in talent, not just Khan and Jackie and Christian, but all of our talent across all the radio network. And as you'll see from the growth of our podcast network and iHeartRadio, we're finding new forms of content that is monetizable and, and transferable across as well so i genuinely look at our business and go our radio business will continue to go from strength to strength and there's new opportunities emerging out of the digital environment yeah i mean on the advertising note as well how are you seeing the market right now is an announcement like today a big boost for that uh, I think the market is short, you know, more global macro conditions are influencing that, but that's radio's great ability. You know, we're getting briefs that, you know, for, for campaigns to start tomorrow. And that has always been radio's great strength is the, our ability to turn you know, briefs around very quickly and get them on. And, and also the power of the medium, because advertisers know its function. They know it's, it's call to action activities. They know it delivers for them. Mm. So, you know, that's not going to change, but I don't see the shortness of the market changing in the next sort of six months. Yeah, and what does an announcement like today, do you think, do as far as a confidence boost for advertisers advertisers and brands, sorry? Well, I think, if you look, I mean, Chemist Warehouse, obviously that was part of the announcement that they sponsored the show in Melbourne. So it, it provides new opportunities. And, and those brands that have worked closely with Kyle and Jackie and the campaigns have delivered for them over the last 10 years now have a new market to be able to, to launch in and work in as well. And we're excited about that opportunity. There's no denying this is a huge announcement for ARN. What does this mean for the, the takeover bid with SCA? Where, where is that in play right now? Uh, that's ongoing. This has had no, no impact on that, to be honest. Right. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're ongoing. And is the ideal December deadline still in place, do you think? Those conversations are ongoing. I haven't been speaking about that. That's remaining confidential for now. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time, Kieran. I really appreciate that. Good on you, Neil. Okay. Thanks a lot. So there you have it, Adam. Mr. Davies said, at least in his words, that the announcement for Kyle and Jack and Christian O'Connell has no impact on this takeover bid and he has no updates and conversations are ongoing. As a CEO, seasoned veteran yourself, can you unpack this for us, please? What Read between the lines and knowing what we know now with this announcement and what we've heard in that interview, what is your takeaway? Oh, I accept Kieran Davis's statements at face value. I think we have to. And uh, there's no but here. And I would note that the transaction remains in discussion. So technically true that it, it has no impact. You know, it's a discrete deal with three talented people, Kyle Sandlands, Jackie O, 
or Jackie Henderson and uh, Christian O'Connell. But of course, those deals being concluded, speculations removed, these are multi-year deals that are now complete. And so those are knowns. And so at the very least, they remove the unknowns from what may lay ahead. And that ephemerally has an impact on how the negotiation with SCA can proceed. So I'd say, yep, accept that. And the deal remains in discussion. Very well said. You're just as good as he is at this corporate talk, Adam, I've got to tell you. <laughs> I've had some training. And just before we go to the break, Adam, one part of the conversation with Kieran that was quite fascinating was when I asked him about the impact this would have on brands and advertisers. Um, and the very first thing he said was, the market is short. Mm, I think that was yeah, a really critical point, Neil. And you, know, you had a, a few elements there they regard themselves as very much in the radio business not just the audio business i see radio as strong and audio as ascendant so you know that that's an interesting characterization as the way they see the market and how they're engaging so you know on the one hand they'd say you know radio is definitely not dead this is not just audio it's radio and audio next to that point and how they're trading with advertisers short now what that means is you don't get a lot of forward bookings you don't have confidence in how you're going to be trading into December, January, February, that you're really doing a lot of active trading in the week, in the month. Now, that means typically you don't have a great deal of influence over pricing, that there is a lot of active negotiations going on. You know, ARN has always been very focused on yield management. SCAs has a history of that, as do Nova and other competitors. But you would say in a market that's short, there's probably a lot of active trading that's going on. And he said it, he probably sees that not changing for the next six months. So that's quite a long way ahead to say that there's no real reason to change that. So we've had remarks in the last 48 hours from the treasurer, Jim Chalmers, saying he expects this couple of years ahead to be as tough as we've seen in recent memory, and that includes the GFC and COVID. And you go, okay. So there is clearly economic confidence at a macroeconomic level and indeed as ARN, uh, their perspective on trading being short, saying, okay, this probably isn't going to change in a hurry. That means everyone has to compete at their very best and that much harder. So that active trading, as ARN see it, is going to go on for another six months. Yeah, and it probably doesn't hurt as well that Carl and Jackie will have Chemist Warehouse on board as a sponsor next year. And I've always said... You should always get a sponsor that can afford a $600 million Christmas party. <laughs> so I love you. those are reasonable requirements, Neil. <laughs> you know, wherever you go, a $600 million sponsor must come with you. <laughs> well, stay tuned for more updates. Head to mumbrella.com.au for all the details on this. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back right after this with another big story doing the rounds. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mumbrella Cast with myself, Neil Griffiths, and Mumbrella publisher, Adam Lang. Adam, thanks for sticking around. My pleasure, Neil. So we discussed the Carl and Jackio ARN deal that happened on Wednesday morning. Initially, we had this story earmarked as the lead story because we weren't confident or sure that another huge story could top it. But of course, on Monday, Optus CEO Kelly Bayer-Rosemarin resigned. Uh, this is after weeks of speculation, ever since the nationwide outage, the crisis comms that followed, the absolute grilling that Kelly got at the Senate hearing last Friday. Again, before we get really into the thick of it, what are your thoughts on the resignation, Adam? Oh, it's been a brutal time. 
for Kelly Bayer's Marin, as you suggested, Neil. It, I feel for her, for anyone in that position. I don't know her, but you can imagine what it feels like. It's excruciating. I hope she's okay. I hope her team are okay. And I hope the board and remaining executive of Optus can gather together, bind together to get through this quickly. We've had some great opinion articles on our Mumbrella website about what various experts think they should do. And I think there's there's genuine consensus around the steps that they need to take. So it's really about how that board and, and executive form together now to get through that as quickly as possible and rebuild faith in the brand and their customer proposition. I think from an industry point of view, I'd love to see Optus get out on the front foot now, right, and be very strong about an apology and about recognition of, of impact and outcomes and steps to resolve. You know, re-embrace that branding of yes. It's like, yes, we can get through this. Yes, we know we did wrong. Yes, we must do better and this is how we are doing it. And so come with us, you know, customers on, on this journey of yes. Uh, but it, to me, is a fascinating challenge. I think we can all imagine from the outside what it would be like to be on the inside of a crisis and right at the front end of it. And so I hope that they can trade through this really well. But I'd, I'd also hope and urge them to consider doing it quickly because it, mm. it must be tough. It must be really tough for them right now. Regular listeners who heard last week's episode would have heard us talking about the Optus fallout, I think at the point it was seven days since the outage. And we did talk about these calls for resignations. Is it the right thing to do? Is it the wrong thing to do? And your take, Adam, at the time was you weren't sure it was the right answer to the to the larger problem. Now, with hindsight, a few days later, Kelly has resigned. Do you think it was the right move? So I think it, it had become untenable. And since our last Mumbrella cast last Wednesday, Neil, as you pointed out earlier, that the Senate hearing was grueling and I don't know that that helped redeem uh, the CEO in in the governments or many of the public's or customers' minds. I don't know that that had happened yet. And so I think that that migrated towards CEO resignation, regrettably, being the right answer in this case. I stand by what I said last week that in and of itself, it's not enough that someone resigning isn't enough, that the board and the executive have to be the custodians of the Optus brand and that their path out of this has to be, well, what are we going to do about it? Yes, we're going to recognise we did wrong. Yes, we apologise. This is how we're going to fix it. And this is how we're going to rebuild that relationship with our customers. And so that, for me, still remains the challenge to the board and the remaining executive. We've got appointments of interim CEO and a new chief operating officer coming on board. Great. Now, I don't think people really need to know who the executives are, but they do need to know what Optus is going to do. And so for any prospective customer as they roll towards Black Friday and maybe renewing a plan or not, looking for their new phone purchases, looking for their plans to support their lifestyle and their businesses, why would they sign on to Optus now given what's happened? And they need to start making that repair work done as quickly as possible. Is that uh, the challenge for Optus? You know, we'll get to this in a second, but the idea of who will replace Kelly, is it a a leadership position that needs to be filled for customers to see action? Because as we've seen these last two weeks, getting 200 gigs of free data is not going to cut it. Is it a leadership challenge? Is it a, I guess, a, a campaign challenge where they need to start rolling out actual action rather than just say, oh, we got rid of 
Kelly, so we're good now. That's clearly not enough. No, I, I think that's right, Neil. And in terms of customers, mind, if we look at the different audiences that can be involved in this, customers of Optus, do they really think about the CEO of Optus when they decide to buy a plan or not? I don't think so. So I think they just need to know what is the customer value proposition and will the brand live up to it? In their partner sense, you know, other telcos, government bodies, I think they, in the business-to-business sense, they care who the CEO is, that there's someone that they can believe in and work with, compete with. And then the last one is the staff. And really significantly, Optus is a brand that employs a lot of people. I think they'd really like to know who the CEO is and their character and what their vision for for the company is and and how they operate. So I think that there's various, well, there's different stakeholder groups in this from a customer point of view, though. I don't think they really think about who the CEO is. They just think about the customer value proposition and do they believe in it. Mm. And on the CEO note, there's been a lot of speculation and chatter about who it could be. Before we ask for your prediction on that, in your experience, do you think or in your opinion, sorry, do you think that this is going to be a drawn-out process to replace the CEO? Is it kind of a action first, replace later, or do you think they will want to be quick to the punch and announce a, C- a new CEO by Christmas? I think they'll they'll want to move quickly and to mm-hmm. appoint the right person. And so there'll be an element of time that needs to be consumed to make sure it's the right person. Running a telco, You'd like to think that probably someone who's running a telco, because they're complex beasts and Australia is somewhat unique and they're large, that someone should come with industry experience or with experience of operating in this environment. That may not be easy to find. So, But I think I like your prediction of by Christmas. I think that's reasonable to move, and that's moving relatively quickly. Sometimes these things take up to a year in a, in a sort of planned succession sense, but this obviously is unplanned. Um, I would note that ChatGPT lost Sam Altman in a heartbeat. <laughs> then they tried to get him back again and he'd already been reemployed. That happened within 24 and 48 hours. So we've seen extremes of this this week. That's perhaps more indicative of the AI space than a telco. But, uh, yeah, I think it's the board, I, I'm sure, would want to move quickly to get the right person. Okay, so before we move on from this topic predictions mm. somehow believably or unbelievably the front runner is Gladys Berejiklian yes your thoughts okay I think there's a question mark there because there's just no experience in running that operation so that's not to say that she cannot do it she could and you know I think as a public figure on the plus side you've seen her have great reputation through COVID and that came to a sudden crash when there were investigations underway and allegations that she did not behave in a matter consistent with the office. So she elected to stand aside from being Premier at the time the investigation was announced. So, you know, there's that question mark still. I just don't know that the balance would be, for all those reasons of experience in the operation plus where she's at right now. I don't know that the balance would be in favour of Gladys Berejiklian being the strongest candidate. Okay. Well, you've got a habit of predicting things that come to fruition. <laughs> so if you're wrong on this one, it'll be the first time in the history of me being on this podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to read the play, you know, as I see it. Mm. And I think one of the benefits of working here with you and the team at Mumbrella, Neil, is that 
we get to see a lot of information and so we can decipher all of that into the into the suppositions we're making. Fortunately, many of them are proving to be correct. Mm. Well, before we wrap up the show, I was going to say that we're getting to the end of the year. It's almost December. It's meant to be the time where I'm playing Buble and Wham <laughs> and Band-Aid on repeat in my house. But the industry wars right now. Good choices. It's all Christmas bangers. You know how mm. it is. The industry wars happening right now are pretty extraordinary, to say the least. We've already covered the ARN SCA takeover. In the last week, we've had Free TV Australia calling on the government to essentially save free-to-air TV. And also this week, Commercial Radio and Audio Australia are taking on ARIA and PPCA over fee hikes, while Snoop Dogg has just annoyed the entire world with a stunt. (laughs) He's selling stoves now. What's going on, Adam? So many areas of competition, aren't there? So let's go with ARIA, PPCA and, and radio first, or radio and audio long-standing cap part of federal law on the amount of royalty or the amount that radio stations pay to recording artists, not songwriters, but recording artists for the recordings that they play on air and in streaming. So there's been a cap on this of up to 1% of revenue and REMPPCA are saying that that is a restriction on the market, that there should be no cap and that that should be something that could be free to negotiate. Commercial radio and audio, of course, say, no, we don't want that. And so that is quite a challenging dispute between them. Like, There's a lot of crosswords being said and allegations of misrepresentation. So that's turned tough and that is probably likely heading for a legal, you know, some considerable legal challenge. We've got Free TV Australia lobbying the government on what they're calling prominence, which is in a smart TV sense where, how prominently the free TV apps will be displayed versus other streaming options, YouTube, etc. So free TV is lobbying the government. Free TV is also having a spat with Foxtel about audience measurement and should there be one audience measurement system that's unified rather than two different ones. So we've got free TV lobbying the government. We've got free TV versus Foxtel. We've got commercial radio and audio against PPCA and ARIA, as in all the recording artists, record companies. And, of course, as we've capped off at the beginning of this, ARN making a bid for SCA. So what I think we're seeing here is, look, things are tough. The competition is tough. And people, of course, want to keep their business models winning and growing. And so they're using any and all means at their disposal to keep doing that, including lobbying against each other, lobbying against the government and merging. So what we're seeing is a really competitive tension being on display involving the government, involving television and video and involving radio and audio. So really interesting end of the year. Yeah, well, Ari and PBCA, they've submitted a bunch of Senate submissions we actually spoke to a couple of the TV networks and Michelle Rowland, the communications minister, um, about this issue going on with Free TV Australia. So make sure you head to umbrella.com.au for all the details. Adam, you said at the start of this episode that the Carl and Jackie O'Deal is probably the biggest media deal ever. The way things are going, I think we can probably top that by next week. <laughs> Challenge accepted. We'll see. It'll be a rare achievement if we can. I just think for... You know, for two people and a company to have come to an agreement that we believe is around $200 million and 10 mm-hmm. years is spectacular. Well, again, head to mumbrella.com.au for all of the stories happening this week. Adam, thanks so much for your time. We'll talk next week. Thank you, Neil. 
This is the Mumbrella Cast. Remember to hit follow on the podcast and head along to mumbrella.com.au for more info on everything we've talked about today. I'm Neil Griffiths. Thanks for your company and we'll see you next time. Yeah.